0: W.A.T.D. presents John Paul, the Car Doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900.
1: Now, here's John Paul, the Car Doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 W.A.T.D. It's your South Shore's radio station where there's glimpses of sunrise.
2: There was uh, some of that this morning. Glimpses. It was, yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: It was, it was coming in my window, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I never did get to watch the eclipse yesterday. I don't, I don't know if it was that visible from where we were, but uh, but I guess it was pretty interesting. I know, also missed out, yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of things I miss out in life. Hey, you know, um, love is in the air. No, it's not Val- Valentine's Day. This isn't a Valentine's Day show. But uh, deer are getting kind of frisky around this time of year. And they start to uh, crisscross the roadways. And uh, if you've ever seen a deer get hit by a car, it is a pretty horrific looking thing. And with us is my colleague from AAA, Mark Shieldrop, who's joining us on the Car Doctor program this morning. Good morning, Mark.
3: Good morning, John. Great to be with you.
1: And uh, so uh, deer are getting a little frisky this time of year. Is that what it is? Is that why they're traipsing around the roadways?
3: Yeah, it's mating season, I guess. Uh, I'm not a wildlife biologist, uh, but it's called rutting season. And the males in particular, they uh, tend to lose some of their inhibitions and get a little more aggressive, and they're on the move. Uh, deer families uh, move around a bit uh, this time of year, and unfortunately that means we see a pretty big uptick in collisions. So this is uh, the time of year we generally put the word out and urge folks to just be extra mindful and, and anticipate the the presence of deer on our roadways, particularly in the afternoon commute, that's when uh, we see the most deer crashes, and we took a look at crash data in Massachusetts, and it looks like deer crashes, at least last year, uh, reached the highest level on record, uh, at least going back to 2002, which is uh, as far back as we can go uh, with state crash data, so there were 1,806 deer collisions last year in Massachusetts, and that's an average of one deer crash every 74 minutes, so... Big problem, uh, big issue out there, and uh, the best thing you can do is just anticipate that there's going to be deer out there, and that'll that'll protect you uh, more than anything else.
1: And you know, you mentioned that a lot of times it's late in the afternoon as the sun's starting to go down. Um, and one of the things that that's like I guess all of us, uh, you know, deer tend to travel in packs. So if you see one deer by the side of the road, chances are you're going to see more than that one, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So when you're driving along and you see that one big deer hop out on the roadway and people start slowing down, I would say keep scanning that shoulder of the road and, and look for another. Uh, I've seen it myself uh, on numerous occasions where you see one deer, and then shortly afterwards there, there, there's a small group uh, following afterwards. So that's definitely one thing you want to do. And you want to keep your high beams on, especially you know, when it starts to get dark. You know, you don't want to blind a driver coming up uh, the other way, so you want to dim those uh, turn those high beams off if someone's approaching. But if you're on your own, particularly in those winding rural roads where maybe you can't see around the bend fully, uh, take your foot off the gas pedal, uh, scan the side of the road, keep those high beams on. The more you can do to improve your visibility, uh, the better your uh, chances are of avoiding that collision. You know, Giving yourself that extra couple of seconds of reaction time that you're going to need to slow down and uh, prevent that collision.
1: So just like any good safe driving, you want to keep your eyes up, look way down the road, scan the roadway ahead, and kind of constantly scan back and forth to the car so you can sort of anticipate these deer running out across the highway or across the road. And it used to be, I mean, I kind of, I grew up in the city, I never never saw a deer till i went to the country one day but now we see deer all over the place i remember a few years ago i was at the warwick mall early in the morning and here comes here comes two deer running across the parking lot and you'd be like what are they doing at the warwick mall
3: of all places but they're everywhere now right They are everywhere. When we looked at the crash data, we saw crashes on roads with speed limits as low as 15 miles an hour and as high as 65, so you're going to see deer on you know, the Mass Pike, you're going to see deer on 93 and 95, you're going to see them on the back roads. It really doesn't matter what town you're in. Uh, A lot of the the communities uh, with a good number of deer crashes are considered urban and fairly developed, but we've got a lot of commuters passing through major highways and it really, uh, you're going to find deer everywhere. Uh, they, they, they're they a thriving population. There's a, a pretty good lack of natural predators for them out there these days, and, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm not a wildlife expert, but I've heard many times from experts that the deer population just continues to grow and grow, and it's an ongoing issue, uh, and uh, the fact is, you know, we share the roads with the deer, uh, and, you know, unfortunately, deer, you know, don't pay attention to our safety messages. They're, they're very unpredictable, and you know, they're not going to listen to me. So it really is dependent on us to anticipate that. But it's true. I mean, we can you can see deer uh, in, in, a, in a big city. Uh, oftentimes, you know, they can travel quite great distances uh, in, in a given time period. And this time of year, especially, you know, I mentioned the inhibition goes down, they get a little bit more frisky, a little more aggressive, and they'll often end up in places you might not see them in other times of the year when they're kind of laying low and and staying away from people uh, so you definitely want to keep your guard up no matter where you're driving you know in those rural areas we got plenty of woodland yeah you definitely have a probably a higher chance of seeing them but on the highways when people are whizzing by you know there's just that much more traffic volume so we're going to still see plenty of crashes in those areas
1: yeah is there is there a particular area i know bristol county was always sort of the number one area is that still one of the biggest areas for deer strikes
3: Yeah, it's up there with 302 crashes in 2002. But Bristol actually was outpaced by Plymouth County in uh, 2022. So there were 312 crashes in Plymouth County. Worcester County's up there in number three with 283 crashes, followed by Middlesex and Essex County with 225 and 134 crashes respectively. So whatever county you're in, there's going to be you know quite a few crashes. The top town for crashes. In Massachusetts, uh, and we're talking between the months of October and December. So this isn't year-round. This is just that that time period we talk about the mating season. Middleborough is leading the way with forty-eight crashes, followed by Taun, Westport, Swansea, Rehoboth, and East uh, Bridgewater, Seekonk area. Uh, So southeastern Mass is definitely a hot spot, um, that's for sure. But we're going to see crashes all over the state.
1: And what what do you do if you're driving down the road, you suddenly see a deer? The deer sort of freezes in the middle of the road do you swerve do you stop what do you you try to do
3: yeah you know that that expression you know like a deer in headlights uh, that that's apt because oftentimes they do kind of freeze up there so you're driving along uh one thing i would do is maybe lay on your horn a little bit that can sometimes frighten an animal away Uh, first of all i hope you're not speeding you know you're following the speed limit so that's going to be working to your advantage to slow down uh, depending on the road, uh, we urge folks not to swerve. You know, our instinct is often to kind of jerk the wheel and try to you know, avoid the collision, but that sometimes can be worse. Uh, if you're in a multi-lane road, that might mean smashing into a car uh, that's next to you and you don't want to be doing that. The other concern is the potential for leaving the roadway, especially a rural back road. Uh, you might end up off the road and, and hitting a tree, which would certainly not be good. So. You know, it's tough to really give people the best action in one of these situations because we're talking milliseconds, you know, uh, split-second decision-making. So sometimes it's hard to really think things through and make the right decision uh, for that particular situation. But in an event where you really have no option but to hit the deer, the best thing to do is really try to apply the brakes firmly, stay in your lane, avoid other vehicles, and just try to mitigate that crash impact as much as possible. And hopefully too you're wearing a seatbelt, you know, that's going to help you out a lot in the event of a deer crash. Uh, if you don't have a seatbelt on, your chances of being injured are, are that much uh, higher.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I know I remember talking with a former coworker who lived out in Pennsylvania. And we were in we were in kind of a, I guess it was some sort of a van because I was sort of sitting in the third row seat and there was another couple in the second row seat and he was talking about, you know, I got one here, I got one here, I got one here. And I'm like, got what? And he said, deer. And I said, this is kind of a, even though it was Pennsylvania, I said, this is kind of a residential area for deer hunting. And he's like, no, no, not hunting. I got them with my car. Um, and I said, what what what's sort of the, you know, the woodland approach to what happens if you see a deer in the road and you know he said something to me which is sort of always stuck with me for a little while Um, he said you know keep in mind that you know cars today have anti-lock brakes so you can steer and slow down at the same time so you may just panic and jam on the brakes and your brakes are going to slow you down but maybe there's some chance that you can just you know, deflect a little bit, One, you know, don't cross, obviously don't cross the, you know, yellow line in the middle of the road, but maybe you can just kind of, um, you know, move to one side slightly on the roadway, and that may take a little of the impact away. And the other thing he said was, and this sort of makes sense in a lot of cases, whether it's a deer in the road or or, or you're, you're coming up to a pothole or something, you know, try to slow down as much as you can. And just as you're, if you can think about it, just as you're about to, hit the poor animal um, take your foot off the brake and what that's going to do that's going to allow the car to kind of bounce up in the air a little bit And you know, when your car stops the nose pushes down so if you take your foot off the brake just before you hit the deer chances are you're going to go over it rather than have the deer come up over the hood of your car and possibly slide into the windshield.
3: Yeah, that's certainly great advice, you know, and it it is true that the advice that we give for this type of situation is very similar to the advice we give for any other type of sudden emergency situation on the roadway where you have to think about evasive maneuvers or slowing down abruptly and stopping. So following those golden rules of of safe driving, you know, keeping a good following distance from the car in front of you because, hey, what if the deer runs in front of the car in front of you and you're falling too close and they slam on their brakes or swerve out of the way uh now it's up to you to stop and not you know hit that car in front of you or you be the one ending up hitting that deer so giving yourself more time that way keeping an eye on what's going on behind you you know if somebody's tailgating you closely and you're speeding along uh not only are you increasing the chance of running into a deer you're increasing the chance of getting rear-ended by that person behind you uh, because you're not uh, giving yourself enough time to slow down and stop so uh, you're right on the money there, uh, and it's one of those things where it's unexpected. You know, a deer collision. Uh, if you talk to folks where this happens to them, they weren't expecting it. It just kind of happened in a split second. So, anytime you're taking your eyes off the road or your focus off your driving, uh, you're putting yourself at a higher risk. So, safe drivers—people who uh, really prioritize driving safely and you know not letting other drivers on the road influence your behavior—because we do see a lot of bad behavior out there. Uh, that's going to go a long way to helping you avoid a collision. And I think, you know, everyone has a deer crash story, and many of my colleagues do. I myself have them. Uh, And it's scary. These are big animals. They carry a lot of weight. I mean, a deer is a lot smaller than a moose. But a deer can still, especially a fully grown adult male deer, you know, that's not something you want to ram into uh, by any means for sure.
1: No, absolutely, and 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 you know, g- great advice. Leave that following distance. Leave that three seconds of following distance. Maybe even four seconds at dusk when the when your visibility isn't as good. And you know, you you can if you can do that, that's fantastic. And the same old rules. When your eyes are not on the road directly in front of you, kind of hover over a brake pedal a little bit so you can make that stop and save that you know half a second or one second of reaction time. That at sixty miles an hour, you just saved about ninety feet of driving distance so you can maybe have things happen a little bit quicker so you can get stuff done um so really you know this is the time of year we need to be careful like you pointed out you know scan the roadway keep your lights on pay attention know the deer are out there know they travel in packs there's going to be more than one um you hit the deer now what what now what do you do do you stay do you stay with it do you call the police what do you do
3: well, for one thing, if I was in a collision, I'd want to stop, uh, you know, safely, uh, not in the middle of the roadway. If right. I can, I want to get off the road uh, in, in a safe spot. I want to, want to do that. I want to check my car for any damage. First of all, uh, a deer collision could uh, might not seem like it's making your car inoperable, but it might have uh, caused a puncture with your radiator, for example, or some other type of damage that might actually uh, cause a problem a little bit down the road. Uh, you want to call the state uh, environmental police. The number is 800-632-8075, uh, and that's going to give uh, that information over the state so they can handle the fact that there is, uh, you know, a deer on the roadway there. And then you're going to want to call your insurance company and, and report the damage to your car, take photos of that damage, uh, and uh, uh, generally deer crashes are covered under your uh, comprehensive coverage, so hopefully you have that uh, and uh, I would avoid handling the carcass uh, as much as possible, you know, wildlife uh, We don't really uh, want to recommend folks handle that. Uh, you, you could get sick, you know. Uh, there might Hell be yeah. some, you know some bad stuff on there. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you want to main – the main thing I like to tell people is, you know, you want to get off the side of the road as much as you can. Uh, we see way too many collisions on the roadside. You know, we have a slowdown move-over law in Massachusetts, but uh, many folks are – not aware of it, Uh, and uh, depending on your location, you know, if you're in a vulnerable location, uh, you know, sometimes staying in your car is better than staying outside of your car. So you gotta kind of look at the layout, where you are. If you can get away from the roadway with something in between you and the roadway, like a barrier or a guardrail, that can be good. If you can get to higher ground, that can be good because you can see, uh, you know, cars coming uh, your way. But say you're in a situation where you really don't have that option staying in the vehicle and using the, the vehicle safety equipment to protect you, and that means keeping your seatbelt on, even if you're not in motion, because uh, if you do get struck by a vehicle coming up from behind you, that seatbelt's going to keep you in that driver's seat and protected from the forces of that crash.
1: Absolutely. Uh, let's let's switch off a little bit. Uh, a couple weeks from now, almost it'll be Halloween. Um, kind of oddly enough, same rules sort of apply. Uh, you know, we're, we're not, we don't have. Uh, you know we're not gonna. Well, you know what I mean. You know it's. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have. Uh, you know we're gonna have kids running back and forth, kind of under the influence of uh, of candy, I guess. So uh, same rules apply, right? Except for the high yeah, beam. Yeah,
3: totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, same rules apply. Uh, one thing I, I like to tell people on Halloween, if you if you're not out and about, if you have errands to run, get them done earlier in the day. Uh, try to avoid being out and about Halloween night, just because there's gonna be a lot of kids out there. There's gonna be a lot of pedestrians. Uh, in some neighborhoods, it kind of turns into a block party where you might have adults walking around with the children and maybe, you know, enjoying some cold beverages along the way. So folks may not be. Um, I truly think that's attentive. I think that's only
1: in Barrington, Rhode Island. They do that, but
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it might happen in, uh, near me in uh, Cranston, Rhode Island uh, wow. as well. Uh, yeah, So, you know, avoid those neighborhood shortcuts. Uh, some folks, uh, you know, if you live in a neighborhood uh, where people tend to use your street to avoid the main road and you're in a kind of a, in a shortcut area, you know, I'd be extra attentive with my kids on that area. And if I'm a driver, I'm avoiding those neighborhood shortcuts just because there's going to be trick-or-treaters present. And we're going to yeah. watch for children in the street, of course. They're unpredictable, just like deer.
1: Yeah and uh you know the thing about kids kids don't have the same peripheral vision you know it's peripheral vision's a funny thing it's like when kids are little their peripheral vision's narrow and as we get older our perif- peripheral vision widens out and then as we get older it actually gets a little bit narrower again and kids have that <laughs> narrow peripheral vision that it's not just to the left and right but it's also up and down which is why sometimes kids will just you know walk into stuff and you're like how did they not see that it's you know right there in front of them well because they don't have that good peripheral vision that adults do so uh like you said just be careful drive extra slow uh maybe even you know this is this is a time you don't want to drive around with your high beams on because you might blind the kids in the road so uh just be extra attentive right
3: yeah absolutely you know watch for children on the streets on mediums curbs they're going to be popping out between parked cars Anytime you have, uh, you know, anything between yourself and the side of the road, uh, there could be a child uh, you know, coming out from that area, so you want to want to be mindful of that, and slowing down is so important. You know, the posted speed limit of 25 miles an hour, is, is, we have that speed limit for a reason. Um, many folks feel that it's too slow, you know, the they urge to go a little bit faster, so I think, you know, generally folks often travel about 35 miles an hour on neighborhood streets, um, but When we talk about the risk of killing a pedestrian, a pedestrian is twice as likely to die if they're hit by a car going 35 miles an hour as compared to a car going 25 miles an hour. So that's just 10 miles an hour, but that's the difference between life and death. And we're talking about small children. They're especially vulnerable. You know, they're much smaller. So slowing down on those neighborhood streets is super important. And, of course, you know, be sober. Uh, We see an increase in pedestrian fatalities on Halloween, and we also see... Quite a few arrests for impaired driving on Halloween, you know, folks coming home from the Halloween party. So, you know, I'm still not tired of sending that message. <laughs> don't drive drunk. Uh, you, you'd think at this point we, we wouldn't have to say anymore, but it, it remains a huge problem. And one-third of all motor vehicle deaths are the result of uh, drunk driving. So that's that's one death yeah. every 45 minutes, and that's way too much. So don't be part of that statistic yeah. and find a designated driver if you have to. Yeah.
1: We're not going to tell people not to drink. We're just going to tell them don't drink and drive. It's simple. It's a simple message, uh, and it's easy enough. And uh, you know, and we're also in uh, our state and neighboring states are legal marijuana states. So same same rules apply. And I think uh, you know, DOT or somebody said it. You know, if you feel drift, different, you're going to drive different, and that different is never better, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you wouldn't pop a few gummies and go, uh, you know, try to pass the bar exam, right? So why would you uh, pop a few gummies and get behind the wheel? It, it does require similar mental focus. You know, I think we underestimate the real cognitive load that, that that's going on when you're behind the wheel. Driving is a complicated task, and we get comfortable with it, and we kind of take it for granted. But if you really look at what's going on in the brain of a, you know, highly focused driver in, in dense traffic at high speeds, you know, if you're doing everything right, you're using maybe more brain power than many other tasks are going to be concentrating on during the day. So uh, kind of recalibrating our expectations and, and and rethinking about, you know, how much energy do I really have to commit to driving safely? I think a lot of folks are really underestimate how much you have to pay attention to the road and more so than you already do. When I joined AAA first year, I thought I was already a safe driver and I did a lot of things right. And it took working in this field for me to realize that even myself who I thought I was a good safe driver uh, I had a lot to learn and even some of my behaviors maybe weren't the best and I'm still working on it every day Uh, it's easy to you know fall prey to the motivation to speed a little bit now and then or to to go with the flow of traffic Uh, but oftentimes we have to kind of take a deep breath and check ourselves and slow down a little bit so um, you know and that applies on Halloween night and every night of the
1: year every night every night of the year so uh... Basic rules apply. Eyes on the road, hands on the wheel, don't drive distracted, pay attention, don't drive impaired, and uh, whether it's uh, whether you're worried about deer, kids, or just other motorists on the road, your only job when you're behind the wheel is just, what, drive, right?
3: That's right. You know, we're all just trying to get home or to work or get where we need to be safely, and yeah. uh, oftentimes if I'm frustrated with a car in front of me on the road, you know, I, there are times where you're moving along and then there's that one driver who... You know, you're like, what is this person doing? You know, I like to imagine, you know, maybe they're having a really bad day or maybe they're coming home from the hospital with a newborn infant in the back seat, and they're really nervous, you know. Sometimes just trying to humanize the other car, you know, think yep. about the person in there. That makes a big difference and it kind of it changes your behavior, makes you realize, you know what, I'm going to take a deep breath, I'm going to cool off a little bit. At the end of the day, when I'm at home, when I'm relaxing, I'm not going to be remembering this incident on the road that's making me upset right now. Uh, it's all about kind of your mental approach and kind of, you know, just realizing that we're all on the road together. We all have different skills and abilities, and not everybody is going to be as competent or comfortable as I am. And I'm going to give them a little bit of room, you know, because yeah. they need to get yeah. home, and so do I. No,
1: no my favorite line always was, that I found out there was a lot less jerks on the road when I stopped to be in one.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I noticed that myself. When I let people merge <laughs> and I leave that, that safe following distance, all of a sudden – I have fewer people yelling and screaming at me, and uh, you know that goes a long way. Yep. Uh, you know that's how how we like to be treated in real life, and you know real life doesn't end when we close that driver's side door.
1: That's right, Mark. If people want to find out more information about everything about AAA, AAA.com, dot com, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. You might have a zip uh, code you got to type in there to get yeah. to AAA Northeast website, yep. but once you're there, we've got all sorts of information there. We've got a safety section. You can find tons of information there. You, know, you can find my email address. You can send me an email directly if you have any questions. Uh, you know, I'm always happy to engage with any of our members or even non-members about all things traffic safety and help people find uh, you know all the information they're looking for. Tons of resources on our website.
1: Well, Mark, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your Sunday morning to join us on the Car Doctor program.
3: Hey, it's my pleasure, John. Always enjoy the show. I listen to podcasts every week, so hopefully, your listeners are doing the same thing if they can't catch you live. All right, thanks, Mark. Have a great day. Hey, you too, John.
1: Take care we need to take a break pay some bills my name is John Paul this is the Car Doctor Program and if you would like to join us simple enough give us a call at 781-837-4900 781-837-4900 when we come back maybe we'll answer a few car questions that came in this week uh, including one from Dolores who has a flashing odometer I haven't even seen that one yet that one just popped up right now and uh, a review of the Infiniti QX60 so until then stay right there or give us a call at 781-837-4900 Jesse needs a something to do anyway besides play commercials uh you're listening to the car doctor program on 95.9 watd we'll be right back AAA
0: is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at AAA.com join.
4: On Friday, October 20th, join South Shore Health at their annual Moonlight and Miracles Gala featuring a seated dinner, live auction with MC Billy Costa and music by local band Hot Mess. This year's event at the Weymouth Club will support the growing need for emergency care in our community. In life or death scenarios, close to home emergency care is critical. Support these valuable services and purchase your tickets for the Moonlight and Miracles Gala right now at southshorehealth.org backslash gala.
0: Talk Radio with a South Shore point of view. Hi, I'm Kevin Chachi. Join me tomorrow for Monday Night Talk, where the South Shore comes to talk. Tomorrow night after the 6 o'clock news here on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9
1: WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. Welcome back to the Car Docs program. And as promised, we'll talk about the car that got me around uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And that is the Infiniti QX60. Uh, and it happens to be in... Uh, yeah, cars got weird... They just have weird names now. We'll get to it in a minute. But the Infiniti QX60 is a mid-size, three-row, luxury SUV that comes in several trim levels. Pure. Lux. Sensor, Sensory. And the top-of-the-line Autograph. Why? Why Why can't they just have, like, L, L, E? But weird names. Uh, it comes as front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. All versions are powered by the same 295 horsepower. 3.5-liter V6 engine that's connected to a 9-speed automatic transmission. To further tailor the driving experience, every QX60 features a drive mode selector with five settings, snow, sport, and a configurable personal setting uh it has intelligent all-wheel drive that can direct up to 50 percent of the available power to the rear wheels to optimize traction in varying circumstances uh standard features include all kinds of stuff forward emergency braking with pedestrian detection predictive forward collision warning maybe it will tell you if there's a deer out there rear cross traffic alert which i really kind of like um You know, the old days of backing a car out of a parking spot and being able to see once you get part way out. Now with trucks and SUVs, you're backing out quite a ways without being able to see. So having rear cross-traffic alert that signals if there's somebody coming down a lane is kind of nice. Rear automatic emergency braking. So if you are backing up and there's something behind you, it will apply the brakes. Uh, Blind spot warning, lane departure warning, high beam assist. So in other words, the high beams come on when the road is dark and there's nobody coming the other way. Other available advanced safety features include intelligent uh, around-view monitor, so sort of this 360-degree monitor, uh, which looks like the car that you're driving, just in the case of the car I was driving, a little different color. Um, It has moving object detection. It's got a smart rear-view mirror, driver attention alert kept telling me to Pull over and take a break. Uh, traffic sign recognition. ProPilot assist, which is sort of a semi-autonomous driving. Um, our road test was in the uh, pretty luxurious all-wheel drive sens- sensory version. Uh I- and it was, it was very nice inside. The inside of the QX60 is functional for up to seven passengers, six in the autograph edition, which we didn't drive, which has second row captain's chairs. Uh, very comfortable seats, infinity, zero gravity, gravity inspired seats. So I think they're memory foam or something, but it, um, in the time that I spent in it, uh, seats felt really comfortable. Um, my wife who finds most new car seats, either the cushions are too firm or they're Cushions t- seem too short. Um, she found these seats pretty comfortable. She's like, this would be a good long-distance driving driving car. And I think she was right. Second row seats uh, tilt and slide to provide access to the third row, but also have much better second row leg room than a lot of vehicles do. The front seats are heated and cool. The second row seats are heated. What's nice, and unlike some other vehicles, you don't need to remove a child safety seat to access the third row because the whole seat can move. Uh, cargo space... For our run to uh, Walmart and Market Basket and all those other places we seem to go to, expands to 75.4 cubic feet with the second and third row folded, which is more stuff than we could ever use. Cargo area has standard uh, power lift tailgate and with available motion-activated liftgate feature, which I never actually got to work. so, uh, and I don't have great luck with that. I would just as soon keep the keys in my hand, push the lift gate button, and have it pop up, then try to wave my foot under the bumper uh, while it's raining or something. I'd rather just hit the button ahead of time to be able to get in, but that's just me. Uh, the third row uh, seating is also power folding, which adds to the convenience. So if you're trying to put bigger stuff in there, you would use it in the third row, you uh, hit a button and the and, and hit a release, hit a button, the seats fold forward. Uh, pretty nice. Um, the controls are pretty straightforward. Actually, a nice mix of uh, actual buttons and knobs. Uh, there was a wireless phone charging pad, which is which I'm finding more convenient all the time. Head-up display. Eh, I can take it or leave it. Very nice-sounding Bose 17-speaker audio system, as well as our Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Uh, no extra fees for Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, like some manufacturers are talking about doing. Uh, The 3.5-liter V6 engine provides decent power, and in the case of our road test, I thought it did pretty well for a pretty heavy, big vehicle, 25 miles per gallon, according to the onboard computer. EPA says 20 miles per gallon in the city, 25 miles per gallon on the highway, and 22 miles per gallon combined. I was... A little bit better than that. Maybe I'm just easy on the gas. The QX sixty is also capable of towing up to six thousand pounds, so pretty pretty formidable towing capacity. And of course you have to read the fine print that says with, when properly equipped. Uh I also felt the Infinity models, um, you know, in the past were okay. They never really did a lot for me. They always seemed to miss the mark a bit, um, either with styling or performance. Uh, And, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You like stuff or you don't. You know, people have said to me, how come you never really comment on style? I'm like, "Mm." well, first off, I don't have any. And secondly, I, um, you know, I I really do think people might look at one car and go, that's gorgeous or that particular color and think it's great. Um, Something like a dull gray color. Somebody might go, "Eh, you know, that just doesn't do anything for me. But, in fact, uh, you know, to other people, that could be really attractive looking. So you you never really know what you get. Uh, with people's people's views on that. So, uh, again, you never know. Our test model uh, had an MSRP, so manufacturers suggested retail price of $60,000. And with a couple options, destination charges, it topped out at almost $65,000. So so there's a few things things coming up there. Uh, I think we have Tom from Kingston on the phone with us. Tom, good morning. Hello. Hello.
4: Hi there. This is Tom from Kingston,
1: Hawaii. I, know. I That's that's what it says right here. It Says Tom from Kingston. Oh, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. Uh, I, gotta yeah. I got to pay attention. It also says it also says you might be Rusty from Woburn, but I think he's uh, he's waiting to get on. So we'll
4: okay. talk. to, we'll I'm talk glad to you I first. To get I I right. confused who I was. All right. Yeah. 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 Two questions. The first one, uh, we're looking at the Kia's vehicles, and they have a supposedly a good warranty.
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah. Ten year, 10 year, hundred thousand mile warranty on the drivetrain, and yeah. five five years, sixty thousand mile bumper to bumper. So, and the so only the thing power that, window stops, the power window flagship? stops in five years. Uh, yeah, the only thing they don't cover after the first year is uh, disc brake pads and windshield wiper blades. Oh sure, yeah, and tires and things like that. Yeah, ti- yeah, tires. Yeah. Okay.
4: Do you have to bring it to a dealership to have that warranty? Yes
1: yeah yeah like any like any new car warranty it has to go back to a dealer, it doesn't have to go back to the same dealer. And you also don't have to go back to them for maintenance. Your car might come with, you know, there might be some deal where you get two or three years worth of maintenance for free or three oil changes or whatever okay. for free. Yeah. Uh, but you don't need, as long as you do the maintenance, that's the only thing that is required. So uh, say you have a really good mechanic you like going to, and you, you know, every 5,000 miles, you have them change the oil and something happens to sure. the engine at 95,000 miles. the And you go back to the dealer and they're going to go, oh, oh, we haven't seen you since, uh, you know, uh, November of 2023. And sure. you're like, yeah, but here's, here's all my receipts. I did all my oil changes. I had them done at, uh, you know, Joe's Exxon. So uh, so they'll they'll stand behind it. Good.
4: Second question. We are coming back from Wellesley the other day, back to the South Shore in Kingston. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife was driving. I was just relaxing. And she says, what is the space you're supposed to have between you and the car in front? depending on your speed. How mm-hmm. do you figure that out? There used to be a formula.
1: Well, uh, and I well, said, it's a
4: good question. It's been many years since I've been asked a question like that, and I usually just use my own judgment. Is there, like, a guideline?
1: Yeah, there there is. I mean, years ago, when, when you know, if anybody who ever took driver's ed, they always taught this one car length for every 10 miles an hour. The problem is, what's a car length? Is it a Chevy Suburban or is it a Mini Cooper? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, what's a car length? And, Really what we say now is leave three seconds of following distance. And what that means is when the car in front of you goes by some fixed object, and it could be a shadow in the road, it could be a telephone pole, it doesn't matter, it should take you about three seconds to get to that same spot. So if car in front of you goes under an overpass and there's a shadow in the road and you see that car go under the, you know, through the shadow, Oh, interesting. You should you should count, you know, however you like to count seconds, you know, one one-thousands, two one-thousands, three one-thousands. That's how long it should take for you to get to that same spot. Now, uh, in some places, they actually have markers in the road. And when I've been in st- Pennsylvania up through the Pocono Mountains has those markers in the road. And they want you to keep two markers between you and the car in front of you. That's about two seconds. And two seconds is what we always used to consider the bare minimum. And Mm -hmm. over the past, I don't know, 20 years, we've bumped it up to three seconds. And you'll find in a lot of cases, if you're on 128 or the Mass Pike and you leave three seconds, people are going to jump in in front of you. And that's fine. Just kind of take your foot off the gas a second. Try to keep that space. That's going to give you the time to react. I mean, it takes... Uh, and we're going to, a couple weeks from now. We're going to be talking to Dan Strollo from In Control. But you know, it takes about a uh, half a second to a second to realize something happened in front of you, and it takes about a half a second to a second to take your foot off the gas and hit the brake. So, if you leave three seconds of following distance, that gives you time to react.
4: They never did a uh, study in the Bostonian traffic when you're going in. If you leave more than six inches in front of you,
1: that's right. That's it's like, like NASCAR you know yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it's you know every, everybody's everybody's <laughs> drafting to try to you know no and people people will but that's when that's when those chain reaction crashes happen when somebody hits the brake and yeah. everybody's you know 20 feet away from each other and they all slam into each other and then there's the one per- person that left plenty of room and they just sort of swerve around and avoid it all and hopefully nobody runs into the back of them so yeah leave, leave as much space that you feel comfortable with like you said you kind of do it by feel, but if you sure. try you know have your wife try counting out three seconds and it doesn't matter whether it's three seconds at 30 miles an hour or three seconds at 60 miles an hour it's going to yeah. give you that it's going to give you that safe stopping distance.
4: Well, it's good to have a little refresher of what the guidelines are yeah. and yeah. try to apply it, even yeah. though you're trying to keep up with everybody. Yeah. And it's just yeah. tough when you're on one twenty eight yeah. or ninety three yeah. or ninety five, yeah. any of those. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and watch out for deer. Amen on that. All right, All right. listen. Have a good All right. weekend. You too. All right, Bye-bye. take care. Our phone number seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. Let's talk to uh, Rusty and Wuburn. Rusty, good morning. Rusty, hello. Hello. There you are. Hey,
5: John. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm the guy Good. that called in with the Prius that had 227,000 miles on it. I was hoping to get to 450,000.
1: And what? It stopped running the next day?
5: Last Sunday, I was at Sandwich, New Hampshire at the Sandwich Fair coming home, and it's rattling and shaking in the Prius. It felt like the thing was going to fall apart. It went away. Monday night, it came back. Tuesday, it came back, and all of a sudden, Wednesday, after the head cylinder, the the head gasket blue and the EKG Ooh. system all decided to go at the same time. Yeah, you know, I was devastated. And my mechanic goes, no, bad. it will cost you 4700 bucks to fix. I'm like, oh, <laughs>
1: I was doing so well. You were doing. You were
5: doing.
1: Now, did it overheat or anything? What? What?
5: No. And this is the worst part. There's no code, so we went online to see what the heck was going on. Said so the Toyota Prius death rattle from 2012. I'm like, but crying out loud, it everything went at once, and it was just not just the the rattling. And then all of a sudden, it just if you read the stuff, like because I normally. I kept beautiful care of the the vehicle. It's just that, you know, you're driving and it just it's like having a heart attack. You you're working out, next thing you know, you're on the Peloton, next thing you know you're dropping dead of a heart attack. That's exactly what happened here. It's just the the E K G thing was was clogged and then all of a sudden yeah. the perfect storm, like the rattling and everything went. I'm like, What the hell? I was like, Oh, I was yeah. devastated. But I learned yeah. two things this time. I, I I take like I take um you know, I bought my last six vehicles at Acton Toyota in, um, in Lillith, Littleton. Thursday night, call, I went online. I found this one t- 2022 Toyota Corolla. Went up there Thursday night, made a deal for it, picked it up last night. I have to go back Wednesday to deal with the registration and deal with yep. a little crack in the windshield you know and you know I had to buy the, the bought but I found out two good things about myself one i didn't know my credit rating was an 884 and i was like thank you very much and i still couldn't get a uh, a lower loan than um, what i thought i could get i'm like wow but 80 is pretty good yeah you
1: yeah. know and they
5: just have to but i was just i don't, I, I I don't think followed. i don't
1: think he can get much higher than that can you it like 890 or yeah, something 900 900, 900
5: 900 900 but yeah. i i tried but um, i i was just devastated and the dealer and the dealer who i bought the car from he's like you know rusty we put the car under the lift. It's like you had this for ten years and there's two hundred and twenty-eight thousand miles on it. Not many people can do this in a Prius. Like I wanted five hundred thousand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. It, I. You know. And and I, the only way I ever heard of this was, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If the if the EGR if the EGR gets really clogged up, and mm-hmm. what it's going to do, it's going to knock and ping a little bit more. And I yeah. guess and and I guess maybe the extra combustion chamber pressure causes the head gasket to go but um I mean, but it yeah it was
5: rattling like it was gonna fall apart it's just, It just came out of the blue i'm on i'm on 95 up in new hampshire and i'm like what the heck is going on here this rattle i thought that they was gonna blow up
1: yeah i mean it's it's uh you know you got me you got me curious so while we were talking i just googled you know prius death rattle and mm-hmm. uh and one of the dis- I recently purchased a used Prius V, 168,000 yeah. miles. I mm-hmm. noticed soon after I start the car, engine starts. with still parked, mm-hmm. runs very rough, and will usually settle down. I did some right. research, found two common causes: EGR and head gasket. Uh, mm-hmm. Were you using? Was it using any coolant? Were you adding coolant to it periodically? No, or
5: no, nothing, no? nothing at all. Just it mm. just it just just happened last Sunday. Just everything came at once. I was like, yeah. You know, it's like the patient suffered a massive heart attack. Uh, we had a waking funeral for it on uh, Thursday night. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm such a cheap guy, and yeah. I was doing and, so well. And now,
1: and, you, and, and now you got a new puppy to replace the old one. So.
5: Well, you know what? The best part is they uh, gave me a six-year loan. I'm going to pay the loan off in two years.
1: Because yeah. it
5: was just like, they, they, they wouldn't go, like, because my credit was so good. It's like, well, we'll give you this. I'm like, can I get more? They're like, no. I'm like, fine, whatever. Yeah. But it was just. Yeah. And yeah, I no. just like it's a used car, so. I had to clean up the dirt. Like you know, they gave it to me as is, so I just bought one of those Bissell power cleaners, just cleaned out the inside. Kind of scratched a little bit around, but they gave me some money off on it. But okay. it's like it's right on the front. You can see like it's scratched on the front, but it's not noticeable. It's down lower on the car. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's I mean not it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean still, you know, clean it up, get a good coat of wax on it for the winter. And uh yeah,
5: right, and like I saw yeah. like it's kinda of scratched at the bottom, like you can see like the black part, but it's like all the way down by the door by it's not really Yeah.
3: It's no, new it's
1: to me, a, that's why yeah it's it's and and you know every new used car requires the new owner to make it their own and that could right, be and, and that can be some little things you want to do to it to to clean it up make it better maybe you want to put you know i'm gonna put a
5: can and air filter in it later this week you know you know put well, the k and air filter you know uh,
1: you could i suppose I, I don't know i don't know why you'd want to because i don't think they'll do a whole lot for it but, oh, you know, I, mean, no, I you know because I put one
5: in the Prius; it seemed
1: yeah. to work better. But well, it did. It didn't until the head gasket went. You know, so
5: yeah, it's one hundred percent true, my friend. I
1: don't, I don't. I don't. think the two were related, though. So uh, no, I know. Uh, I know but, yeah. just, but no. when that thing went, John. It
5: went. It just. I mean, I thought the car was going to just fall apart. It just kept mm. rattling, and it was shaking.
1: Yeah, to the point uh, of just, well, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I have seen now, maybe not. 2012, but I have seen some Priuses go half a million miles and not know, really have we any problems. About that so before, yeah,
5: I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Trust me, I was so hoping for uh, that.
1: All right. Well. Well, uh, the good thing is you you're, you you bought one of the mm-hmm. best possible used cars you can get. The Corolla is always mm-hmm. a great used and it car. has thirty thousand
5: miles yeah. on it, so yeah. it's not
4: even broken in yet. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. No. And and just. Uh, you know, do do all the right things. Do the oil changes mm-hmm. when you're supposed yep. to. Maybe maybe yep. use mm-hmm. maybe use synthetic I oil. Used, I use the Mobil yep. One synthetic yep. oil. That's all yep. I've been doing. So yep. I, I'm and, just going
5: to keep. Not going to apply the yep. the Prius love that I used on this one.
1: So there you go, there you go, and good quality oil filters too. Oil filters <laughs> are really important. Oh absolutely. So. Oh absolutely. Yeah. All right, all right. Good luck, Rusty. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Thank all you right. for everything, John. All right. Keep me up to date. All right. Take care. Yep. Bye bye. Our phone number is seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred if you would like to join us seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred i feel i feel bad for i feel bad for rusty there it's you know you don't want to you don't want to hear stuff like that uh especially on a car that you would think lasts a long time so uh <laughs> i uh, weird weird emails you get and some of them some of them uh uh, make it a little hard to see. this this person just wrote to me and says My car doesn't start key is not detected okay uh, uh be nice to know what it was and everything, but chances are he has a key fob, and if he takes the key fob and uses it to push the start button, chances are the car will probably start, providing he can unlock the car and get in so I will answer that um Someone wrote to me who recently bought a Hyundai Sonata. And I have just, these are questions that just came in in the last 15 minutes. Uh, Hello, we just bought a 2023 Sonata Hybrid. Love the car so far. But there's been a couple of issues about the buying process that are causing unnecessary headaches. I'd like to know what you think. The car was purchased in September, September 21st, and as far as I know, It was new with 68 miles on it. But the Hyundai warranty start date keeps showing up as May 31, 23 on the customer portal. Dealer said it would automatically be updated and then changed to tell me that they had put it in service on that date. And that doesn't make sense. Dealer first said it would be automatically updated, then changed to tell me that they put it in service on that date and that it could not be changed. So maybe someone bought the car, didn't like it, and brought it back. Uh, they said they would send me a letter honoring the warranty as if it started on nine I'm not comfortable with this. What if they move or go out of business? That could very well happen in the next 10 years. Besides, I never sent the letter as promised. I feel the situation would be unusual with a new car purchase. And as long as the title says new, and that's what I hope it says is new, Um, that should be the date the car goes into service. So I guess the first thing I would do is call Hyundai Customer Assistance and say, look, my car was purchased new. It went into service on 9-21. That's what it says on my registration. That's what it says on my title. And I want want it to say that. Um, He's thinking of opening up a complaint with the Attorney General. Have you heard of this happening before? Um, Not specifically, except for the fact that if that car was actually registered at some point or the dealer inadvertently, you know, maybe a deal was going to happen with the car. The dealer did all the paperwork and then the deal fell through because of a lack of uh, credit on the part of the person who was thinking about buying it. Maybe that could happen. Uh, the second issue, which is probably easier or not to deal with, the car didn't come with a spare tire. It comes with a tire mobility kit. I've shopped around a couple tire stores. No one seems to sell spare tires for this car. Should I just let it go? or keep trying to procure a spare. Well, not just a spare, but a spare and a jack and a lug wrench uh, to go along with all that. It really depends on whether uh, that space under the floor can accommodate a spare tire or not. There is a company online that sells a variety of sort of universal spare tires. And uh, we have even used, we have even looked into uh, getting them because um, electric cars are one of those cars as well as hybrid cars that a lot of times they don't have spare tires at all. And uh, there is a company called Easy Spare that uh... might be able to you know might be able to come up with a spare tire for your vehicle um, but it really does it really does depend so let's let's see whether this is uh... 2023 if it lets us pick one one day sonata So apparently, apparently they have something. Uh, They say that they have a 17-inch alloy spare wheel and tire. Uh, It has sort of a weird bolt pattern, so you have to use like these special lug nuts. And it says we guarantee this easy wheel is the safest, highest quality spare wheel available. Uh, Says it will fit. So whether it actually fits or not, I'm not really sure. But according to their website it will. And you can get a spare tire and with a little tote bag that it can go into and by the time you're done you're gonna spend oh, about three hundred dollars. So um, you know, maybe maybe an option to see see what's out there. Uh, I don't think I don't know that it's gonna how well it's gonna fit. So I think it's gonna be even though I think it will fit the car, I don't know if it'll fit in the trunk. So that might be an issue. But worth worth looking into and see what they have. Again, we were talking about getting them at work one time to try to help people. Because if you own a Tesla or you own a Kia EV, you own a Hyundai EV, you own a Mustang, uh, uh, electric Mustang, the, the uh, Mach, whatever they call it, Mach-E, uh, any of those electric vehicles, they don't have spare tires. They eliminate the spare tires for room for the battery and controllers and all that stuff, but also to lighten up weight as well, uh, which helps promote better fuel economy. So, look around, see what's there, but I think you're going to be stuck with the spare tire mobility kit, which works okay if you get it, you know, you get a nail in the car, you come out from you know, going shopping and you get a flat, you screw this thing in, pump it up, it'll get you home and you'll be fine. But if you hit a curb or a pothole and you punch a hole in the side of the tire, you're calling for help. That's all there is to it. I prefer a spare tire, and AAA tow truck drivers will tell you and tell manufacturers, give me a spare. I'd rather have a spare. And it makes it easier for them, easier for the customer, easier for the AAA member, either way. We need to take another break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 837-4900. 837 We'll be right back
2: visit the james library and center for the arts in norwell for a weekend full of entertainment and intrigue first on friday october 20th learn about the hauntings of the south shore with the greater boston paranormal society society members share their spookiest experiences and teach you how paranormal investigations work and before you leave for the night participate in a mini investigation to see if the james has any unknown visitors the event begins at 7:30 p.m and is just ten dollars to attend then, on Sunday, October 22nd, the Borromeo String Quartet performs at the James. Hailed as one of the most important ensembles of its time, Borromeo brings its fresh interpretations of the classical music canon to the James. The performance begins at 3 p.m. with tickets starting at $20. That's the Haunted South Shore on Friday, October 20th, and the Borromeo String Quartet on Sunday, October 22nd. Tickets for both events are available online at jameslibrary.org. Keep your car in tip-top shape at Joseph's Garage. Have your oil changed, tires checked, get an inspection sticker, or just gas at Joseph's Garage, right down the street from the James in Norwell. Joseph's Garage now offers golf pay at their pumps. AAA is with you at every moment in
0: your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at AAA.com join.
2: Hi, this is Liz Loans. Tune into Twilight Showcase Radio, hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James. Visit TwilightShowcase.org.
0: Twilight Showcase, tonight from
1: 8 to 10,
0: on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor.
1: And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on ninety five nine W A I just heard the commercial about Joseph's uh service station. That used to be Joseph Pontiac and that it was a it was a great little Pontiac dealership. It was it was just too small. It was you know, it wasn't it didn't fit into the GM lifestyle at the time of uh of you know, how GM wanted to do stuff and uh uh and it was just it was one of those classic kind of places and it was like um it was like social buick in quincy uh which was, was a great place and i just learned recently that uh, uh bob fitzgerald the guy who uh owned social buick with his brother passed away a few years ago i didn't even know that and uh, he was again he was such a good guy and it was such a such a good little dealership there too so uh but let's right now let's talk to uh old friend ken from Topsfield. ken good morning Again.
5: To hear you on the show. There you are. I've been, I've been uh, over the time, for years, I've been lamenting. Uh, white walls have gone away. Now I see black rims all the time. And the latest thing that I've noticed in recent years that has just driven me crazy is paint. Black, like matte color cars. And at first I thought it was just one bit dealish, one, maybe a Subaru or a certain thing. But now I'm seeing it in many different Uh, manufacturers is this a base paint that's cheaper and that's why there's no metallic it i don't find it attractive in any way maybe that's like beauty in the eyes of the beholder but is
1: there some reason for this other than this is what customers want sir no this is kind of what customers want um it's, uh, it, you know, paint paint is one of those things that it is, you're right, it is kind of the what's in the eye of the beholder sort of thing, but uh, it is just, it's one of those weird, weird things that, um, and, I, you know, I, I kind of wonder what happened to uh, things like, you know, nice shiny paint. I remember the first time I d- drove a Mercedes with uh it it looked like it had it looked like it had gray primer on it. I'm like, who thinks Baton. this really looks who looks think this really looks attractive? But um but, but people do. In fact, I had a um I had I was road testing a Toyota and it had this sort of almost looked like flat military gray. And yep. my neighbor came over and he goes, "I love that color." And I'm like, "You do?" Yeah why? Um, And yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, it was sort of, and, and I was driving, I was driving something else with kind of a weird blue, and it was almost like a flat blue, and I got out of the car, and this woman came up to the car and said, do you know what color this is? And I'm like, blue? I don't know. And she said, no, no, it's, it's going to be some special color. I love this, and I'm like, you like it? Because it doesn't have any, Sparkle and pizzazz to it. Now you know it's you know, but but I I do like a little bit of depth of color in these 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 can you different. Skip? Yeah, yeah. Can you get can you get metallic like a little sparkle, a little? Oh ketchup? yeah, oh yeah. Is that oh, an yeah. option? Oh, oh yeah, you can still you can still get you can still get. Uh, you know things like a variety of you know white paints that are really you know triple white kind of stuff that has different colors in it and and you know you can get you can get black that is almost like black chrome now which is which is a pretty 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 nice looking paint but uh, yeah uh, there was a time where and and I don't pretend to know why but um, there was a time where the most popular color of cars were. Uh, you know I think it was white and i always it always seemed i I always kind of thought it was because white was a car that you know for company cars and things like that it was it was the the best one and you know the most popular car colors for right now oddly enough twenty six percent of the cars according to i c cars twenty six percent of the cars on the road for are are white followed by twenty one percent that are black followed by 19% that are gray. Who wants a gray car? You know, it's just right. a weird color. You know, and, you know, the the interesting color, you know, if you want a purple car, you want a, you want a, uh, less than 2% of the people that want a purple car. So, hey, hey Ken, that music, you know what that music means. we can need know, to get going. So, goodbye. All right. Take care, Ken. Have a good weekend. Thanks, sir. Bye-bye. All right. So, uh, that music means we need to go. Thanks for Jesse for doing all the good work he does back at the studio. And until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to y'all next week. Bye bye.